I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We have got another edition of our big questions for 2024. Yesterday, I went through the Manly Seagulls and the Melbourne Storm. Real in-depth stuff there. Highly advise you go back and have a listen to it. We'll be having one of these every day leading up to Christmas. And today, we have got the Cronulla Sharks and the West Tigers. As I said the other day, we're going to go through a top eight team and a bottom eight team from 2023 each day. Talk about the big questions that will decide their 2024 NRL campaign and then also talk about what is on that team's Christmas wish list. Something they need, whether it's a certain player staying fit, achieving a certain goal, certain guys to gel, something to sort out in their side, coaching, whatever it may be, every single team. No matter if you were the Premiers last year, if you're going for your fourth Premiership in a row, or if you're going for your third wooden spoon in a row, you have a wish list that you need to sort out. Every single team does. Let's kick off with the Cronulla Sharks. A very interesting side. They've been in the news the last couple of days. We spoke about them earlier today. Obviously signed Adam Fanua Blake uh, for season 2025 and onwards. Another four years after that, which is super exciting for Craig Fitzgibbon and the Cronulla Sharks and the uh, the up-up Cronulla faithful. A fantastic signing there. If you want to have a listen to our analysis of that signing, go back and have a listen to the podcast earlier today. But let's get stuck in too. The Cronulla Sharks, followed by the West Tigers, but the Cronulla Sharks and the big questions that will decide season 2024 for the Sharkies. My first one, can they essentially break the yips? Shout out to Sebo of breaking the yips fame. And that's sort of what I see with the Sharkies at the moment. Uh, Two years in a row, they've been a very, very good side. Uh, They finished in the top eight. They've been dominant. They went top four in 2022, top eight in 2023. Uh, We, of course, remember in 2022, they obviously played the Cowboys at home 
finals week one. Val Holmes kicked a late field goal to sink them in that one. Uh, they then rolled into the next week after, you know, playing an 89-minute game or whatever it was, rolled into a South Sydney side uh, who was red hot at that point. And, you know, Cronulla, they were essentially out of gas. Uh, so 2022, such a successful campaign. Uh, Nico Hines takes home Dallium halfback of the year and the Dallium medal. It was incredible. Craig Fitzgibbon's first season coaching. Got to the finals, though, and, uh, you know, a game that at home, you know, game in the balance. They probably should have won that one against the North Queensland Cowboys. They didn't, and then got rolled by the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So uh, it's such a successful season to roll out in straight sets. Very disappointing. We come to 2023. They're not as dominant as they were in 2022. Uh, They obviously start the season with a Nico Hines injury. A few other things changed throughout the year. They were always able to score points. It was just defensively we're a little bit worried about the Sharkies. They made changes throughout the season, uh, whether it be on that left edge, Matty Moylan, Trindle, Teague Wilton, Wade Graham, all these sort of guys sort of chopping and changing a little bit throughout the year. Unfortunately, same old story. There was periods there where they looked like world beaters. There was other times where they looked very bang average. And I think I think at about round 19, round 20, I think we were all pretty convinced they were going to fall out of finals contention. Uh, they managed to hit some form sort of in the back end of the season. I remember a win they had against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. That was a very, very impressive win that I remember sitting there that night thinking, maybe the Sharkies are back here. Obviously, in hindsight, we know that the South Sydney Rabbitohs had fallen into an absolute heap. Uh, so read into that victory what you will. But it looked like the Cronulla Sharks had sort of got things back on track. And of course, they finished in the bottom four of the top eight. Uh, So it meant that week one, they had a sudden death game against the Sydney Roosters, once again at Shark Park. Uh, And of course, we know how that one played out, a Sammy Walker field goal. Uh, The Sydney Roosters with, you know, a heap of injuries, a heap of guys out, and they were essentially forced to play finals footy for the five weeks leading up to it. So when you talk about teams that should have been out of gas, it was the Sydney Roosters by a country mile. And uh, the Cronulla Sharks, another game similar to a year before against the North Queensland Cowboys. Well and truly in that game, a game they should have won, come into that game as favourites at home. Uh, those are games that you shouldn't drop, realistically. They let many opportunities slip in those in that game, a couple of controversial moments and whatnot. But the reality is, uh, home finals, you should be winning them, in my opinion. Uh, home finals against teams that are missing troops and have been playing finals footy for five and six weeks, uh, you should be well and truly winning those games. So the big question is, can the Sharkies win a finals game? Uh, they've now had three in the last two years, two of them being at home they would have been favourites for, uh, and they've lost both of those and the other game against the South Sydney Rabbitohs where they simply ran out of gas. And you sort of get to this point where you say, okay, are they a fantastic regular season team? But can they take that next step come finals time? Can they compete under the bright lights and on the biggest stages with the best sides in this competition, which is what rugby league is all about at the end of the day. It's fantastic to have a great regular season, but if you can't deliver in finals, if you can't be able to compete against the big dogs on the big stages, I mean, you know, that that's, it's really not what you're setting out to achieve. The Cronulla Sharks, they aren't in the relevant business. I, I know what Craig Fitzgibbon's like. I've had him on the podcast. He's in the premierships business. He wants to take it to that next level. And I remember at the start of season 2023, all the talk was about what they learned from 22, how they fell off and how it's going to change. Obviously, they got to the finals in 23, weren't able to change that. So very interesting to see how the Sharkies go this year. I think there is a little bit of a sort of 
the, the, there'll be a bit of a choking tag that gets put on the Cronulla Sharks. That will be my big question all year. And, you know, my commentary for the Sharkies will probably be a little bit boring throughout the season, but it will sort of be, hey, I know you're a fucking good football side. I can see that on paper. I can also see that in results. I can see that in performance. But are you going to be able to do it on the big stage? And that's going to be the big question for the Sharkies. Can they overcome that hurdle of winning a finals game? Which is, you know, easier said than done, no doubt about it. But they've got the team to be able to do it. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. Do they have the team to win a comp? I'm not completely convinced. Do they have a team that can win one or two finals games? I definitely think so. And I think their high-end potential is that they can win a premiership. But I just don't think they're at that level of, you know, your Broncos, your Penrith Panthers, those sort of sides. I think they float in and out of games at the moment. Uh, but they've got the squad to do it. Nico Hines, he's coming into his third season as a regular halfback. He's learning. They've had changes with Matty Moylan. Trindle's obviously going to be in there. They've lost experience in Wade Graham, though. So as much as there's a lot of things that excite me about the Sharkies, there's also a lot of things that worry me. And that brings me to my next point. I won't go too heavily on this point because I've actually spoken in depth about it on the podcast before uh, that I'm a little bit worried about the combo of Nico Hines and Braden Trindle. Uh, I love both as footballers, but I look at Matt Moylan and I know a lot of people want to bag Moiser and all that sort of stuff and that's completely fine. You do you. Uh, but the reality is that Moylan actually freed up Nico Hines to do what he does. Moylan was happy to take a back seat at times in attack and let Nico Hines be the ball dominant seven. And, you know, you might say, oh, okay, so you're complimenting Moylan for not doing anything. But, you know, it actually, you've got to fit into how your team works. And in that team, they have got a player with a hot hand, which is, of course, Nico Hines. And you've got to play around him. It'll be interesting to see if Braden Trindle is able to play that role or... Does maybe Hines become less ball dominant? There's another argument there that, you know, the Cronulla Sharks become predictable because everything's run through Hines. Is it maybe they need to share the load a little bit? I just think this will be a combination that will take a little while to gel, and it's one of my big question marks. And I had a look at the Sharkies' draw for the start of the season the other day. I'll get it up now so I can talk it through, but it is actually a pretty nice draw to start the season. So it is a big advantage there. If they would have had a tough start to the season, a tough draw, I would have been really worried about this combination. Uh, People Think I'm overreacting, um, and that's completely fine. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but it is something uh, that I noticed with the Cronulla Sharks footy when those two were together. I thought they, they didn't quite gel together. So you have a look at round one. Uh, the Sharkies go to Auckland to play the New Zealand Warriors. Obviously over there, that is a tough gig to start, uh, but then they go Bulldogs, West Tigers, Canberra Raiders into a bye. So... Of the first four weeks, uh, they only play one team that, in my opinion, uh, will be a top eight side in 2024 into a bye, and then it gets interesting. They roll into South Sydney, North Queensland, Canberra again, St. George, Melbourne, Roosters, Penrith, Parramatta, Brisbane, uh, Dolphins into another bye. So those first 16 weeks, I think it's worked out reasonably well draw-wise for Cronulla, uh, but I do think that that halves combination, how they gel, is going to be a really, really interesting point to keep an eye on. Um, defensively, I'm sure they will improve without Moiser. He struggled a lot last year and has for the last few seasons. There's no doubt in that whatsoever, but I think that what the Sharks relied on is having a high-octane attack. Uh, essentially, uh, you know what, you, we might concede 28, but we know we'll score 30 sort of attitude. And I think, you know, that doesn't really represent Craig Fitzgibbon to me, and I think it will be something that this offseason he'll really set out to change. But 
We said that in the preseason of 2023 as well. So it will be interesting how the Sharkies go and how that halves combination goes. Defense. Defense, as I just said, is going to be their big thing. That's the third question for me. Can they sort out their defense? Can Craig Fitzgibbon sort this team into a, you know, proper premiership contending defensive outfit? We know an attack they've got all you need. Yeah. Attack they are fine. Yeah. They're a bit like the Gold Coast Titans, but I think they're 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 obviously further ahead than the Titans. Attack is sorted. It's they've just got to get their defense sorted. And I think a lot of people are going, well, Moylan's gone. It'll be fine now. Trindle, he's tough. He's not the greatest defender in the world. He's a smaller halfback. He's obviously going to get targeted, as do most halves. I do think he's a better defender than that of Matt Moylan, but I don't think it solves the issues. The thing that worries me on that left edge especially is that you had all these problems last year. Teague Wilton, Sifatalakai, Matt Moylan, it all went to shit. Obviously, Trindle came in. But then the big thing for me was Teague Wilton got injured. Wade Graham came in, and that, that experience on that edge, I think it helped them quite a bit. I think it helped helped Sifa quite a bit as well. Wade Graham's now retired, obviously, so you're losing that experience. So I think a lot of people are going, Moylan's gone, it'll be fine. But for me, I look at that side and go, well, actually, the guy that fixed it, in my opinion, was Wade Graham and having his experience out there. Sifa, obviously, defensively, he's got his own issues. I personally don't think he's a centre. He's a, he's, a, he's a good player at centre, but I don't think he's actually a pure centre. I think he would be better off using him as a middle and whatnot or just one in on an edge. But once again, defensively, there are issues on that side. And I think that Wade Graham solved a lot of problems last year uh, that I th- I'm worried could be unsolved heading into 2023 to 2024 that we then look and go, oh, and a lot of people are going right now. I think it's because of Moylan. I think Wade Graham, him leaving, is going to have a really, really big impact on this side. Those are my questions that I've got heading in. I've got, um, can this team overcome essentially the yips that they've got come finals time? Can the Hines and Trindle combo, can it gel together and be successful together? I think eventually it will, but I think it'll take time. And my third question is just defense, especially out on that left edge. And I think Nico Hines, I think he's going to be targeted this year as well. Now that Moylan's gone, I think they will go after Hines. And I think it's flown under the radar a little bit because that left edge was such shambles that the right edge isn't fantastic either. And this is something that Craig Fitzgibbon needs to sort out. You think back to Craig Fitzgibbon's playing days when he played in the early 2000s with that Rooster side. In my opinion, one of the best, if not the best defensive team we've ever seen. Maybe the Penrith Panthers have overtaken them now, but for brutality, for line speed, mate, that Roosters team, they were second to none. They were fucking incredible. And the game's changed a lot since. And I would say the Penrith side is probably the best defensive team I've ever seen. But that Rooster side, they are a top three, top five at absolute worst. One of the great sides, and Craig Fitzgibbon, uh, he, he, he was one of the faces of that side. Uh, for me, the Christmas wish list, I think it's really simple. I think it's win a finals game. I, I, I think that if they can just win a finals game this year and overcome that, I think that'll do a lot for this Sharky side heading into next season with Adam Fanua Blake arriving. Obviously, every team's Christmas wish list is to win a premiership. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and that will be the, the Sharks' Christmas wish list. But I do think that mentally, if they get to finals again this year and they fall out in straight set, all of a sudden, you're talking about scars. All of a sudden, you're going, okay, are we actually – are we flat-track bullies? Are we a team that's going to beat sides up in the regular season – but then not be able to compete when we get to the back end of the year. And I think that's something that this team has to overcome. So that's my big questions for the Cronulla Sharks and my wish list for them heading into Christmas. Let's head to the West Tigers. And um, look, probably won't spend as long on the Tigers because we've spoken about them quite a bit over the last few weeks. They've obviously been in the headlines. Um, and look, I, I, once again, I don't want to repeat myself because I have already spoken about quite, quite, quite a bit of this stuff. But my first question is, and you know, it sounds like a really simple question. I think everyone will straight away go, yes, of course they were. But my question is, 
was the board the problem? Because uh, at the moment, all signs point to yes, it all looks good, but we've still got to get the evidence. If we are sitting here in a year's time going, well, hold on, nothing's fucking changed. This club's still a bit of a shit fight. What's going on here? Are, are, there, are there more issues that are going on behind the scenes here? Then... We've got bigger issues. But I personally think that the board was the issue there. I think the changes they've made have been good. I really want them to just lean into Benji Marshall and say, hey, you led us out of this. We've leaned on you before and you've done a fantastic job for us. We need you again. I hope they just everyone just gets the fuck out of, out of Benji's way. And I think that is something that Shane Richardson will do really well as well. So I am very excited about the West Tigers, direction they're heading. But the question for me is, was the board the problem? I'm saying yes. But we still want to see the evidence of that before we know for sure. But this is what I've said the last few weeks as well. So I'm keen to see how it plays out for the West Tigers because there's no reason why they shouldn't be successful. There's no more excuses. They've got the team. They've got the cattle. They've got their coach. Whether he is proven as an NRL coach, we don't quite know yet. But is he going to at least be able to get these guys up? I believe so. My big question is, though, you know, the first five, six weeks, you're with Benji Marshall and then... You know, you start to get into the grind of week-to-week rugby league with the team they've got. That's when we'll find out who the real West Tigers are. I remember when Brad Fittler took over as the coach of the Roosters in, I think it was 2008. They hit the grounds running. They were fucking sensational. Came back in 09, and the wheels just completely fell off. And I think it was then that Freddie showed a lot of inexperience as a coach. So, Benji, he has served a longer apprenticeship. I think he's done more under Tim Sheens and whatnot. He had a little taste of it last year. So, I do think he will be okay. Uh, But it is something that we need to watch. Uh, Let's have a look at their half. Halves. Who's going to play in the halves next year? Uh, obviously, it sounds like Jerome Luai will, is just about a certainty to land there in 2025, which is super exciting. Cannot wait for him to land there. And it sort of reminds me of, you know, the Canterbury Bulldogs a few years ago when we knew Matt Burton was arriving there. We knew he was going to be one of the halves. Who was going to partner him? And I think the Canterbury Bulldogs really wasted that opportunity to find out who that person was. And I think the Tigers, they need to take every shot they possibly have to find out who is the right person to partner Jerome Luai in 2025. you got Aiden Caesar. I'm pretty confident he he will be the halfback come round one. The 5'8 spot is wide open, though. you got, obviously, uh, Bud Sullivan, who has come from the St. George Illawarra Dragons, who I absolutely love. I personally think he's more of a halfback than a 5'8, but I think there's every chance that he plays six alongside Aiden Caesar uh, in round one. And then you got the young fella, Latu Fainu, who I'm a huge fan of, as you guys know. I was very, very worried when he signed with the West Tigers. I said that. I loved him at the Seagulls. Thought he had a big future there. When he signed with the Tigers, I went, oh, my God, I don't know about this. Uh, the West Tigers going to be able to handle him. Are they the best people to handle his progression? Now that things have changed here and there's different people in charge, I feel a little bit more confident. And I think that Benji Marshall will be very, very good for Latu. Do I think he's ready for round one? Probably not, to be honest with you. I would go for Bud Sullivan and I would go with Aiden Caesar as my halves. And I would let them sort of fight it out for who is going to play alongside Jerome Luai in 2025. For me, I think it'll be Bud Sullivan. I think Aiden Caesar's on a one-year deal. I think he's a good signing for what they need right now, but I do think he is a bit of a Band-Aid for a period of time. That's not to say there won't be a place for Aiden Caesar in the club the year after. He could come out and play halfback so well this year and, and, and direct this team around so well, like Jackson Hastings did for the Newcastle Knights this year, that all of a sudden you're sitting there going, well, it's probably worth keeping him. You can let Jerome Lewis play off his cuff, and if Aiden Caesar controls it, it's great. I, I always thought that Aiden Caesar was a good halfback, but I'm not sure if he's got the organizational skills that 
um, a lot of people think that he does. But happy to be proven wrong there. The guy that I do think has those skills, but also has a lot of you know high ceiling, high impact X factor is Bud Sullivan, and he's the guy that I would see that I would like to see land in the halfback jersey for twenty twenty five. Hopefully, Bud gets to play a full season in the halves. Hopefully, he goes injury free in twenty twenty three, and he can really in twenty twenty four. Sorry, and he can really put the stamp on that jersey that he wants it, and he wants to be the partner for Jerome Luai. And the best thing is they're going to have a young superstar. Latu Fano nipping at their heels the entire season. I'm sure there'll be injuries, suspensions, whatever it might be throughout the year, and he will get his opportunities. And then halfway through the year, Adam Dewey's going to walk back in as well. Um, so yeah, very interesting to see where their halves land and how it all goes. But for me, you know, as much as the West Tigers are trying to play finals footy, try and win a comp, I think a big part of 2024 needs to be, hey... Jerome Lewis arriving next year. He is going to be the big dog in our halves. Who is the right guy to partner with him? Because I think you watch the Canterbury Bulldogs and how it all played out. How how on earth Matt Burton ended up at halfback last year when they had you know a year or two to prepare for him is fucking beyond me. The West Tigers need to nail it, and I trust Benji Marshall to do that properly. Um, our last one, we sort of already covered it, and it seems like a harsh, harsh question to ask, and but it is the reality of it. Can Benji coach? Uh, I used the Brad Fittler example before when he came in and coached at Sydney and I could get the years wrong, but he came in, I think, 2008. I might get that up for you guys. Came in in 2008. Um, I'll get the exact numbers up now. And, you know, he was the guy that he was everyone's hero when they were growing up. He managed to get the very best out of that Roosters side in a short amount of time. Uh, But then we sort of got to the next year and all of a sudden life got a little bit more difficult. So have a look at his coaching career. So he came in in 2007, it was. Sorry, Freddie. Came in in 2007. Uh, the Roosters, they had eight games under him. They won five of them, lost two and had one draw, which was great. The next season, to their credit, uh, they did do okay. They, they made it all the way to a semi-final. But then after that, the wheels really sort of started to fall off with Freddie, that 2009 season, where everything kind of went to shit. I think they only won five or six games that year. Um, and I think that's where sort of the inexperience sort of started to kick in with Freddie. Uh, and obviously he finished up at the end of 09. Benji, I think that he's obviously served an apprenticeship, as I said, under uh, under Tim Shane's, which I know we all bag Tim Shane's and everything, but you know Benji, I think as a halves and as the smart sort of footballer he was, I think he's sort of been prepping himself to be a coach for his entire playing career. He's worked, with, he's had a close relationship with guys like Wayne Bennett and whatnot. He's got a lot of very positive people uh, in his life to lean on. Benji Marshall and I like the crew of assistants that he's put together as well. So um, I think Benji Marshall will do well, but I just think we're not going to really know the sort of coach Benji is until we get to that origin period post there, maybe after their third loss in a row at some period, after a couple of injuries. I think you only really get to know what sort of a coach someone is once they handle chaos. And, you know, as I always say, it's not always about, uh, you know, your worst moment. It's how you respond to that worst moment. And we'll, I think we'll get a very good understanding of who Benji Marshall is as a coach during this season when potentially the halves aren't working or they lose a few on a trot or they get a couple of injuries. And then we start to say, okay, what's Benji made of and how does he adapt as a coach? Because I think adaptations, it's, what's, it's, it's what, for me, separates Ivan Cleary. You, you look at the way that he's adapted over the last few years. He's done it better than anyone. I look at a guy like Craig Bellamy. I don't think he's adapted overly well over the last few seasons uh, with guys that he's brought into the club and whatnot. Whereas I look at uh, a guy like Ivan Cleary, you know, he's lost all these superstars. You could build, you know, a 17 uh, of players that Ivan Cleary's lost in the last three years that are probably a top four team next season. Uh, but he's adapted. You know, lost Viliami 
Tarman kicker had to change the way he played. Lost, you know, James Tarman, Josh Mansell early, had to adapt the way. Josh Mansell was essentially the best winger in rugby league at that point. James Tarman, a really experienced guy, lost them, had to adapt, came in to season 2021 when they won that premiership. Lost a couple of key guys off the back of that. You know, your Kurt Capels, these sort of guys, Tyrone May off the bench. Uh, I think there's someone that I'm forgetting as well from that premiership. But then they get to the next season, uh, and you've obviously, you know, Api Curacao, all these guys, Viliami Kikau, they leave, they have to adapt off the back of that, and they do. Mitch Kenny steps in. And you know what? I would say they didn't even adapt to losing Viliami Kikau so well, but they made it work. They made adaptions not to cover him, but just to get by without him, and they they started to work in other zones. And next year, they're going to have to work out how they get by without Stephen Crichton. The year after that, Jerome Luai. A lot of adaptions to be made, and that's where, in essence, you find your good coaches. It's how they adapt. It's all good and well to have good pre-seasons and have a plan for round one, round two, round three, round four, round five. Then you get punched in the face, injuries, losses, tough referee decisions, all that sort of stuff. And this, for a long time, has been the Achilles heel of the West Tigers. They're not able to adapt. They come in with plans, it all goes to shit, and then it's just, fuck, I I don't know what to do. And that's going to be Benji's big test, how he adapts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My, 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 big, my big thing for them, my big Christmas present, I think, next season, is that one of Latu or Bud Sullivan have to really emerge, or, or Aiden Caesar, to be fair, but I personally would rather it be one of Sullivan or Latu. I'm hoping that one of those two stands up in season 2024 and says, hey, I demand a partner drone law in the halves this year. My form is, you, you cannot deny it. I need to be the halves partner. I'm hoping it's Bud Sullivan because I think he's more of a halfback. I think that Latu is more of a 5'8". I think the combination of Bud Sullivan and Jerome Luai would probably work work better if they're both at their best. But that's the big question. Who is going to step up? My tip, I think it will be Bud Sullivan. I think he's going to have a big season for the West Tigers. I'm very excited to see Benji get his paws on him and see what he can do. But I think that's the Christmas wishes. They need one of those young halves to really step up and leave their mark on the NRL in 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.